Welcome to the Mountain Bike Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Davidson, where it's my job to deconstruct the techniques, habits, and strategies of world-class mountain bikers so that you can discover how to shred with absolute confidence. We'll cover everything from breaking down exactly how you can ride faster with more control to reducing crashes and even how to transform your life with insights from the leaders of our sport. Whether you're a beginner getting started, an advanced rider hungry for an edge, or an elite rider competing to prolong your career, the Mountain Bike Movement Podcast has something for you. So get ready, let's drop in and go hit the trails. All right, ladies and berms, mountain bike fanatics and riders of the world, welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bike Movement Podcast. Today's guest is the lead instructor and president of the Bike Instructor Certification Program and founder of March Northwest Mountain Biking. He has over 20 years of experience coaching both youth and beginner riders, as well as leading multiple riders to national and world championship titles. He is a two-time Downhill Masters world champion, former Red Bull athlete for 15 years, and even finished fourth at the Red Bull Rampage in Utah. He was the first African-American to win a Norba National Downhill Race and the first African-American chosen to race Downhill World Championships. His reputation is one of the best coaches in mountain biking, and that is reflected in the tens of thousands of riders he's impacted through his training. Without further ado, welcome Shams March to the show. It has been way too long. Yes, yes, David. It's been way too long. So yeah, I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure for sure. So real quick, tell us a little bit about kind of the quick bio of what you're up to these days. And we'll talk a little bit about how we met right after that. What I'm up to these days, I'm still coaching, which I love to do. I think I'll be doing that until I can't ride anymore. I mean, hopefully even longer, but you know, working with a new local junior team here, we have a God with Gravity, a junior racing team here in Bellingham, and it's really taken off, you know, with COVID going on and everything. We've only been able to get to two races, but we found that we've got 15 or 20 kids now wanting to get on the program and be part of our rides. It's been good. We've, we've got a good crew here with that. You know, the March Northwest mountain biking program we have here, we do guiding, we do all sorts of services. But our summer camps have always been our biggest programs. We were definitely nervous this year with everything going on, but it's still really going well. I think the other advantage I have is is being the uh, president of the Bike Instructor Certification Program and knowing that, you know, we had to come up with regulations and all sorts of COVID rules for all of our instructors around the globe. That was our first, you know, kind of initiative and, and all the administration here worked you know, tirelessly coming up with all of our procedures and practices. And we were able to, you know, get everything going. And our governor here in Washington state gave us permission to open up our mountain bike summer camps. So that was really good. So we, uh, and it's kind of nice. I've ridden with the governor mountain biking and stuff here. So he's actually met our team and Jay Inslee is, he's an awesome guy. He likes to ride bikes and everything too. So we're really excited to have him as our governor now with everything going on. And um, yeah, so anyway, they, we were able to run the summer camp, so that's another great thing. And the first camp, we had over 50 kids in the camp, you know, with COVID uh, regulations. There's lots of different structure that we've changed, but it's all, you know, working out really well. And everybody's wearing masks when they're hanging out and all that kind of stuff. And then, again, I think a lot of people out there know I'm the mountain biker. And sorry, I got the dogs in the background here. That's cool. 
What kind of puppies you got? I've got two mixed pits. I wouldn't even know what to say, but they're mixed with one of them kind of looks like Great Dane here. And the other one is more just a mix. But yeah, I'm just getting home from, again, like I was saying, everybody's had to make some changes during COVID and everything. And this is one of them. You know, I, I actually took a side job here. You know, I think a lot of people that do know me know that I used to be a BMW Mercedes mechanic. And, you know, I, I just put my feelers out. And now I've, I've got a side job here that's keeping me going uh, until coaching really picks back up for myself. And I'm doing what I have to, right? Everybody's got to buckle down and do what you have to, to to pay the bills and keep things rolling. And, you know, summer camps are really kicking off again. So that's been good. So that's that's helping. And then uh, I've moved to Bellingham uh, about seven, eight years ago now. And so it's been a big building process here. So we were able to uh, secure a 30-acre property here. And uh, we're at the top of the mountain. And so we have ability to make all these great trails. And that's what we're doing. And you know, Bellingham's an awesome mountain biking mecca here, but the one thing they lack is is camping and facilities. And so that's something that we're working towards is actually making our own facility here so that people can come and camp and ride and hang out and then go use all the trails in the area here. But we'll have an actual great camping spot for people to kind of be part of. And I think we want to make it a community thing, not necessarily a public thing, right? So all the mountain bike community might be able to use this and, and come by and stay and those kinds of things, but we'll see how open to the public we make it as we go. Yeah. It's a creation process and an experiment in some ways. So that's good yeah. to hear. Now, <laughs> one thing that I wanted to tell a quick story about how we met so that people know a little bit about you, you know, you, you haven't changed much in, in a good way. And I say that because when we initially met, Red Bull flew you down. I think it was from Canada, like not the yeah. side, not the East Coast side, but like all the way from like Vancouver or something, flew you down. And uh, me right. and right. my friends, we had a night shift race. Red Bull sponsored it. And the point being, it was so cool to have Red Bull, which was where we saw, you know, Rampage and all this other crazy stuff. That's what we had in mind when we built what we were building. And that's kind of how we uh, we kind of plugged into the sport. And that's what drove our creativity. And it was really cool to have you come down because we didn't know what to think. And, you know, you just basically came down, raced with us, and we were all hanging out at the campfire. I think I remember you telling us the story. I don't remember what race it was, but you were telling us the story of how you came down, I think, off of a jump, slipped a pedal, and got bit in the back of the the leg with the pedal and it like snapped your leg in half and we were like oh my gosh this guy is tough as nails <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were all, we were all just having a good time and, and the point again is just it was cool to see you being a you know people first hanging out let's grow the sport and it really did inspire us to look at this in a way like how could we do the same thing how can we invite others and make them feel comfortable and so one thing you seem to have done pretty much with your whole career is go out and meet with people and help them ride bikes and, and kind of believe in them. What keeps you so inspired for so long with this sport? You know, I thank you for everything that you just said, because it's awesome, because it's the passion of it. And I think it's the family of cycling, right? We all become friends because we have this passion of cycling. I don't care what your background is and what you believe in and what your politics are. We love to ride bikes and that's what brings us all together. So mm -hmm. it's, it is really cool. That's what was so cool about your event though. Cause I remember hearing 
a little bit of the rumors that, Hey, there's some night race going on. And I was like, what? And the guys at Red Bull, were like, are you interested? I'm like, tell me about it. What's this about? I want to hear about it. They're like, yeah, something like night shift. Oh, so you volunteered. Oh, I totally. As soon as I heard, I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. And they were like, well, are you interested? Like, heck yeah, I am. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, that would be awesome. They're like, cool. We'll we'll just kind of send you in. I was like, sounds awesome. It's a night race. We know nothing about it. And you've got some guys on the ground. They're going to make this cool event. I was like, send me in. Let's go do this stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool because that's what it was about is, is Red Bull was really involved in that grassroots trying to define what community kind of culture things people were doing. And so you guys had the right connections and you were doing something underground and it was really cool to be invited and kind of slid in on the sly of, Hey, we brought in Shams and everybody's head turned like, what? Oh my God. And and it was like, yeah. awesome. You know? So it, it made my day to get everybody else stoked on the event as well. And I think that was always the biggest thing is yeah. I never thought of myself as a celebrity when I came to mountain biking, I was just another rider and, you know, people are always looking up to me and I, I mean, it was awesome, but I'm just another rider. And I think that was always what was so fun is we were all just riders together. It didn't matter. And yeah. I loved when I was working with a beginner and I could help them, you know, get to that next level that they were looking for and then move on. Right. And go to the next person and keep helping. And that's what I love. And I think that's where my life has kind of led me with coaching and where I've been. And it's, mm. it's just, it's the culture, it's the lifestyle. And I love that we're all still doing it, right? You're still here and you're motivating others. And that's what's awesome about it. Yeah. And, and I love what you said too about the, I'm just another rider, which we got that feeling from you. And I, I don't think any of us knew that you had actually ridden at Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I found that out last week when you booked the podcast episode with me. And I said, well, I guess I better figure out all the little details so I can announce them properly. It made me laugh. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> so actually, I'm curious about that because we were talking before we started recording here and you said it was great to be on the Red Bull team on the ground level and when there were only four of you. So who were your teammates? Tell us a little bit about that. That's a cool story. Yeah, as I look back, about how amazing it was, you know, at the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, this new sponsor that didn't really have much, but they were willing to help us with stuff. It's this company called Red Bull. And everybody's like, what's that? I'm like, it's an energy drink. Nobody knew what it was. What's that exactly? Yeah, what's that? And I was (laughs) like, well, you know, it's an energy drink. You just got to try it, you know? And and so it was neat because even the ground level, they were about the athletes. Don't worry about it. You just go out and do your thing. And, you know, we're just going to, support you. We're not worried about you doing anything for us. I was like, oh, okay. So it was really neat. But having Marla Streb on the team, and she was there before me, and Caroline Curley is what we used to call her. She was a speed skier. And then she came across into mountain biking as well. But she was on the Red Bull team because she was in Europe before Mm -hmm. it came to the US. And then I want to say if it was Teo, there was another, it was a water sports guy. I don't know if he was kayaking or if he was I can't remember what sport he was at that point. Um, and a few of the guys have, have moved around, but it was really cool. To, like, I remember being in Santa Monica in this little building in this basic office and it was Red Bull and that was it, headquarters. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, nice to meet everybody. And I'll sit on this old sofa here that you guys pulled in from wherever you got it, you know, and getting to meet everybody. <laughs> kidding. And, 
Oh yeah. And it was oh, like, they God. were starting out, you know, where there was moving boxes and all sorts of stuff. And it was like, Oh cool. Like, Oh, we just moved out of so-and-so's garage. And now we got our own building. And it was like, Oh cool. You know, mm-hmm. but they were grassroots and they were all about, you know, how can we help you as athletes and what can we do for you? And that was the best part. And I think that's where I kind of get my drive of how can I help a rider? What can I do for you? I'm not worried about parts. I want to teach you to become a better rider. What can I do for you? And I think that's where I've come from with my coaching as well. And maybe that's where I got it was from Red Bull is I really like to make sure I'm working with that athlete. And I want to know what I can do for them personally to make them become the rider they want. And Red Bull really showed me that with how my career went and where they supported me all the way through um, from the very beginning to the very end of supporting me with stuff. And it was always about what, what could they do for me? And so it was, it was good that way. It was really good. Yeah. Make me a better athlete. For sure. And you know, that's something to be said, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's a lot of great things about just the elite of the elite athletes who are pushing the sport or, absolutely putting themselves on the razor edge of progression there's value to that and then there's this other side where maybe it's leadership maybe it's community maybe it's those connections and then there are all kinds of things in between and i talk a lot with athletes about that you know just being valuable in different ways and i love that too because you get to take that into other areas of life that's a lot of what we're about with you know what we talk about here it's you know how can you lead your life how can you learn from riding your bike, how to do other things at an even higher level as well. So fantastic. Yeah. Motivating. <laughs> yeah. I have to ask you this. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure if we talk to some of the guys who might stand up at the, whatever they call it, the impending doom gate at rampage this year. <laughs> yes. If we talk to them, I'm sure we're going to get some great answers, but I have got to climb into the cockpit of uh, whatever bike you were riding at the Red Bull Rampage, I think in 2002. And was it still at a place where you're like, we're just kind of doing this cool thing and this is what we're doing. Let's go for it. Or was there any kind of awareness around the fact that perhaps you might actually be shaping some of the perception of, of an entire sport for decades? You know, what, what was going through your mind back then? I don't think that anybody... I mean, maybe some of the Red Bull people might have been thinking of that long-term vision, mm-hmm. but I think every one of the riders was all in the moment, maybe in the year moment. But I think a lot of us were just, this was so cool. We're just pushing our own limits. We're pumping each other up. We're having such a good time. You know, we're going to go meet up, you know, after this event and we're going to go ride somewhere. And it was all about living in the moment, mm-hmm. which, you know, now I love that I did you know, and it's hard to get to again, right? It's, it's so hard now because now we think of everything and we're always so focused on what ifs and what's coming next, where it's hard to live in the moment. And, Mm. you know, technology back then wasn't as easy. I mean, we were right on the cusp of having digital right back then. I mean, and that's why I think Mm. my career just ended as digital came in. So a lot of the videos and things that I did, none of it is digital it's all on old video cassettes. And I even have, I probably have two or 300 negatives of photos that I have in one of my drawers of all these old shoots that I did that the photographers are like, well, here, I'll give these to you. Cause I've had them for so long. I'll just give them to you. I'm like, great. Yeah. Thanks. They're like, I got, I got this digital camera now. I don't need these. Anymore. Exactly. And I said, <laughs> they're just trying to get rid of all their stuff, but 
I'm wow. like, oh, wow, if I was just a few years later in my career, it might have gone differently, better or worse. But it was just interesting mm-hmm. to know that I was right on that cusp. And and even like you say, of, of helping the whole cycling industry and perception of what we could and couldn't do, you know, kind of morph its way to this, which is amazing where we're headed and what's going on, all these crazy events and, you know, the, yeah. the crank works in all these different countries. The Red Bull hardlines, those are such big jumps and gaps and stuff. And that's kind of where we were back then is, you know, trying stuff, maybe half that size, but we were the ones out doing it. And now that's a full competition is the Red Bull hardline. And that's what's so cool to see. Yeah. And now, I, I mean, I look at the stuff and go, I would never do that. I'm never going to ever do that again. <laughs> and it's so cool to know that, well, I did back in the day. I did. I don't have to do whatever. Did, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what's so cool. Is I was there. You know, I lived in my youth. You might have done it if you were in the same place now. You know, oh, it's, yes. you, you never yes. know. But what's so fascinating to me, too, is just the newness of it. Because I remember, you know, look, when we built the trails we built, we're in like the South, y'all. I mean, it's <laughs> great. I love it. You know, it's where my family's from. But that's not uh, typically uh, forward thinking in terms of action sports or whatever you want to call it. And so we really were pioneering some things in our own way. And we kind of felt like we were part of that. And so it, whenever you talk about it, it gets me excited. And, and you know, what a good opportunity for other people. You know, if you don't have this, could you build it? It's a mm-hmm. great question. And I see a lot of younger kids getting involved. I see adults going, man, I used to ride BMX in the 80s and I got a mountain bike and now I'm going out and this is just like that. And this is, I'm even better than I used to be. It's amazing. Yeah. And so <laughs> what, what a cool sport, to, the, just the, the range of experiences you can have. Uh, and one more quick question too about Rampage, but we can, we can dip off of that in a second. But with the it's kind of a changes in the sport question Mm -hmm. kind of think back to we've all seen what's changed the bikes are drastically different the technology is it's really all the little changes that they've made over time make incredibly capable bikes even the riders have different approaches that have made them better what do you feel like has stayed the same since you started i guess what i feel is the artistry of riding a bike and making it the creative piece to each person that's what people see is, oh my God, that's somebody's style. And that's what they like to do. And I think that's what I like to see. And it is something that I, I don't see it everywhere. I see it in rare spots. And like, I can see that person is creating their art in their writing, right? There's certain writers that you can tell that that's their creativity and how they you know express themselves. And for me, I think that's what hasn't changed is you see certain writers that are super passionate about their style and how they ride. And again, what the way they live as well, but it's, it's that on the bike piece. Um, you know, the technology mm-hmm. is, is always changing, but there's still two brakes on a bike, right? There's still a, a free wheel. So nothing drastically has been changing. Yes. We've added an e-bike motor to it. Yes. We're still at six inches of travel, right? I mean, mm-hmm. okay. Right. You still have an eight or 10 inch downhill bike. So a lot of that stuff is still kind of the same. And people, uh, they joke with me, well, would you think you'd be able to ride your first downhill bike? And I'm like, yeah, I would love to ride my first downhill bike, but it would be my enduro bike. It wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> be a downhill bike now. It was a six-inch travel, yeah. 
mountain cycle that would have been great for an enduro bike. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. That's what my enduro bike is now. So, and yeah. that would have been my downhill bike back then. So, yeah, I think the, mm-hmm. again, there's lots of things that have changed, but I think that the things that have stayed the same is that people are using it for their passion and they're ex- expressing, you know, their ability on a bike. And it, that's what I love is that art form. Mm-hmm. Any particular riders come to mind for that or? Uh, well, and I, I think of a lot of racers and those kinds of things, but I don't have any in particular riders right now. That's something okay. I'm, I still need to find. <laughs> well, you always want to be searching. And, and, you know, speaking of riders that maybe you watch or worked with, we had chatted before the show as well about some of the people that you have coached. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, what are some of the favorite success stories or favorite wins? It doesn't have to necessarily be a championship, but favorite wins from people you've coached and who are those people, if you want to shout out to them. I guess. There's Miranda Miller working with her since she was, you know, a junior. There's Duncan Riffle who was a junior, and right, and because we had such cool friendships as they were growing up on the team, you know, one of my fondest memories of like Miranda is her in the back of the van as we're driving, completely passed out and not wanting to get out of the van to get home. Like you're home, she's like, I can't move, you know, and it's like you got to get out of the van. We're here, (laughs) and. Like Duncan Riffle, another, <laughs> there's a, a funny one because Duncan at the age of 15 had his permit and he was the only person I would let drive the 15 passenger van pulling the 30 foot trailer. And he was 15 and I knew he had it in him and I had no problem doing that, but I, we used to mess with each other. So I remember making, you know, he would be driving and it was a, uh, making a, like, Hey, can you make me a sandwich? I mean, sure. You'd make him a sandwich. And we would, made him a peanut butter sandwich only so straight peanut butter on bread and then we took all the water so he couldn't reach anything as he's driving and he just had all this peanut butter in his mouth and he caught me couldn't breathe i need some water we just were laughing as he's trying to drive <laughs> so uh, all those funny things that we did on a road trip you know super funny we did paintball wars on the mm-hmm. on the road with different vehicles and different oh, teams cool. But then like Danny Hart as a junior, I remember working with him when he was probably 12 or 13, super young when we were in the UK mm-hmm. and I met his parents and we did, a, I think it was a day, maybe even two days of training with him. And that was the one time I worked with Danny, but it was so cool because he took it. Like the coaching was like, okay, I got it. I'll write it down. Got it. And he was doing it. Like everything we were talking about, he understood what he needed to do. And then it wasn't, you know, five years later that I'm like, oh, that's Danny who I coached years ago. And now he's working his way up on the podium and then up to this amazing world championship yeah. run. And it's like, he's grown so much since when mm. I've touched him. But it's just so cool to know that there was a little piece of me possibly in there to help him get there. Right. And that's those kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think so too. My wife and I shouted go Danny on the chairlift when he was riding on his way up and we were riding down to the, right. to the finish yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, that chair, that was it. So I'm right, right there Definitely. with you, man. <laughs> that chair, I think I actually knocked him out of his focus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what a, what a cool story. Yeah, so there's, there's lots that. of those. I mean, there's another one that's just this latest one is, you know, the Kate Courtney and the cross country scene because I'm doing about quite a bit of the U.S. national team training these days. And that's what's been really fun because USA Cycling is really engaged in training and coaching. And 
they recognize how the skills are the piece that's missing. They can build an athlete as strong as they want, but they still need to learn how to ride a bike. Mm. And so that's where now they're bringing them to me. We're having them come to Bellingham, Washington, do training. And we do all these different camps here. So I've been working with Kate Courtney for, I would say, five plus years since she was a junior. And that's what's been so great is, you know, she's really stuck to her regimen of training and then getting onto the Red Bull team. It's only benefited everything she's been doing. And then going to that world championship and then having her win the world's, uh, you know, first American to win a world championship in like 17 years was amazing and to know that i was part of that and to help her be there and, and everybody involved you know was part of that is it's just so cool and and i like being on that that piece and knowing that i don't have to risk my neck anymore i can help i can help these next young up-and-comers that want to be there and are, have that goal and more and more that's what i'm getting and i think that's where i've, I've made this kind of place for myself is that i'm a hub Lots of riders know that now and they come through and they do their training and they spend a couple of days with me and then they take off and then they come back through. And then, so those are the things that I'm working towards is, you know, just making myself as hub that people should stop through. If you're heading out on the Northwest, you should be stopping here for a day or two, getting some coaching, you know, sharpening your skills mm -hmm. and then off to whatever you're doing. Yeah. And really quickly, I'll speak as well, because a lot of the people that I work with, you know, we focus on some more of the movement stuff. We've got a movement practitioner and, you know, the skills coaching in person, there is nothing that can replace that. You know what I mean? The feedback you can get, the confidence you can build, and most importantly, the experience that you can draw from it. For example, I've watched you on YouTube and I've seen you do instruction things through some other places as well. But it's just fascinating to see the depth of experience that you can tap into like that. So for sure, if anyone is ever going through Bellingham, Washington, or you happen to run into Shams at a trail stop and get a lesson. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. Well, and so you're right. And I definitely think that hands-on in-person is amazing and that's what you should work towards. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of online tutorials now and, and I have my own, you know, the mountainbiketrainingcenter.com. Yeah. That is something that I own and I have training programs there that will help you with your technique. Right. So different ways for you to, you know, check yourself and know that you're doing it right or that you're doing it wrong. So we have all sorts of little pieces that will help you that way, too. Mm -hmm. So the Mountain Bike Training Center is something else that I do pitch into and we do lots of different building of curriculum and programming there, too. Fantastic. I love it. So this is fantastic. Is there anything else that you wanted to share in terms of projects that would be useful to know about or maybe events even that would be good for the listeners to be aware of right now? Right now, I think the listeners and depending on where you are and what's going on, there's lots of things going on in your area, but we are working towards some kind of minority support programs, you know, with everything going on in the world. The BICP is doing some training and we are working with an uh, organization right now in Minneapolis that will be doing youth training and we're looking for new leaders. So we're looking for, you know, we're looking for women, we're looking for people of color, and we want to get people into the cycling community. Uh, we have a couple of grants that we've built up to get people started so that we will actually cover their certification and help them build a program in their area. So those are the things that we're working towards right now and building this program right now and the outreach that we're doing. Fantastic. And you can reach, I guess you can find that through 
the bike instructor certification program. Okay. The BICP. And I'll include all that in the show notes for anyone who's curious. So one thing as well, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure to meet you 12 years ago, I think now, 12 or 13 (laughs) years ago. And just one key takeaway from this again, guys, if you are interested in supporting any of the initiatives that Shams mentioned, the website, I'll include that in the show notes where you can find links to that. And also the land. Uh, Do you have a website for that? Once we get ready to open up our camping facility, that would be on marchnorthwest.com. We'll make sure and have that in the show notes too. And then the Mountain Bike Training Center is the other website, the mbtc.bike. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Shams, from the bottom bracket of my heart, thank you so much for being on the (laughs) show. Uh, But seriously, though, man, it's been an absolute joy talking with you. And we'll have to reconnect sometime soon when the time is right. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Well, thank you for having me. And definitely, I hope to ride with you soon and maybe get you out here to the, the West Coast. Yeah. Hey, now I've got a reason. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you all for listening. And Hopefully you guys are learning lots and uh, get on your bike. All right. Thanks so much, Charles. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. This is Dave again. Thank you so much for listening in. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Share with your riding friends and follow us at mountainbikeacademy.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you love the show, help us help the riding community by leaving us a positive review. This allows more people to see, connect, get inspired, and it makes this world a better place to ride. Thanks so much for your help, and we'll see you on the next episode.